Hi, Jason. Hey, what's up, Sid? How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm happy we had a chance to chat a little bit before this, before mm-hmm. we click record. So we get to meet you and talk about sports marketing and kind of planning out this episode. But let's have some fun. Of course, of course. Um, thanks. Thanks for coming down for this. Uh, it's, I guess, in the morning around 10 in the morning in New York. Dude, it's like 10 p.m. your time. It's like 1130 <laughs> for me. I'm so fine. Like you're in India right now and you're staying up to do this. Like I'd be in my pajamas watching Netflix if I'm on your side. Because what time is it for you? It's like 10 p.m., right? Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. So thank you for having me on. And yeah, I'm excited. Anything talking about athlete marketing, sports marketing, and obviously market price, um, this business we just launched, uh, I, I'd love to you know talk more about. So I'm, I'm excited. Awesome. So great. Let's first talk, start talking about how you got started with sports in general. Talk to us about you growing up. Did you play any sports? Yes, I played cricket growing up. Um, no, I just wanted oh, to see your face. <laughs> this is just a podcast, right? An audio podcast, not a video. Unfortunately, not the listeners aren't going to be able to see your eyebrows perk uh-huh. up like you just did because we were just talking cricket for a while. But uh, no, I unfortunately never had to play cricket. I played soccer growing up, um, played basketball. I, I always love sports. And like I'm sure listeners have been like, oh, love sports, got into a career in sports. Um, that That's really kind of what I got into. And I'm a pretty weird sports fan. I'm a huge Phoenix Suns fan in basketball in the NBA, if you know them, Sid. And then I'm a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. But like I was telling you, I'm from New York, born and raised in New York. Um, I've never even been to Phoenix, where the Phoenix Suns play. I just grew up liking the, my favorite player. So I was like the short kid with long hair who liked to pass first. Have you ever heard of Steve Nash? Uh, the basketball the player. player. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. really popular in India back in... Oh five, oh six ish, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, seven seconds or less, which is great. And it's honestly it'll probably be like we'll get into it later, but sports is global and and sports fans are incredibly engaging. And yeah, I love Steve Nash growing up. I also loved uh, another athlete, Brian Westbrook on the Eagles and fell in love with those teams and as a always been obsessed with sports and my career didn't always start in sports. So I was, I worked in sales for a bunch of years and because I love sports, I thought I had to get into it. And I started my own sports marketing agency kind of on a whim. And I mean, you started this podcast in lockdown. Um, I started a sports agency um, just because I wanted to do something in, in sports as a side hustle. And I went to Instagram I DM'd probably over a thousand athletes and I was just like, Hey, look, I want to try this out. I'd love to send you marketing deals, which again, we'll talk about so like social media deals, appearances, whatever. I just knew I couldn't sell myself. I needed people to sell. So, Hey, I'll, I'll get marketing deals. I don't need anything exclusive. I'll take like 10%, right? I don't even need a big percentage. I'm not in this for the money. I just want to hustle and try. And I recruited 12 professional athletes, mostly professional NFL. So football athletes, as well as professional basketball players in American football. And for a couple of years, I was getting them marketing deals. And I just saw kind of firsthand, like how hard it was to get marketing deals for these athletes, especially because they weren't the biggest names. They weren't, you know, Tom Brady, they weren't Leo Messi, they weren't these superstars where brands were coming to me. I had to reach out to these brands. And it was hard to continually find new companies to work with, who's the right person at that company, like how to get their email. Do I just send them an Instagram DM? I mean, I would send out like a hundred emails 
and that's like, let's say in a day, I'd usually send out more. I send out a hundred emails, get like five replies and four of them are no's. And mm-hmm. one's like, yeah, sure. I'll send you your guys product. So it like, it was so hard to get from zero to one, right company, right person mm-hmm. at the right time where they wanted to work with athletes. And then even if all of that is correct, like, do they want to work with my athletes? Mm-hmm. So it was really hard to do. And I, I did see the problem. Like if, if I found the right person at the right company that wanted to work on a deal, closing the deal wasn't as hard figuring out the logistics. That part was actually kind of fun, but the zero to one part was just a huge problem. So, and kind of like you were telling me, said like you saw a problem as a pro athlete, you started my sport. Um, I saw this problem as an agent. So I created market price. So it's a two-sided marketplace. And again, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into it, but companies sign up on one end, athletes and agents sign up on the other. And we let agents and athletes log in to see right now, after launching two months ago, over a hundred different companies ranging from CBS Sports and Bleacher Report and Fashion Nova and Zappos and Bet Rivers, some huge, awesome companies, all the way to smaller startups, you know, in the health and wellness space, the tech space, work with a dog tag company. We just started working with a healthy waffles company. And it's like, if you're an athlete or agent, you get to go on here to see companies who want to hear from professional athletes. That's why they've signed up. It's the right person at a cool company at the right time where they want to hear from you today. It's a no brainer for athletes and agents to be able to go on market price and start taking marketing into their own hands and really supercharge their marketing efforts. So uh, it's been fun continually building a solution Mm -hmm. to a problem that I single-handedly faced. And uh, again, we launched two months ago. We, We have over 100 companies, some enterprise clients, as well as we just surpassed over 450 pro athletes mostly in the U.S., the vast majority in the U.S. We'll get to India eventually. Sid, maybe you can help with that. But yeah, yeah, we just want to start being a a big fish in a small pond Mm -hmm. of sports marketing in the U.S. and then really expand globally from there. Perfect. Perfect. That's that's wonderful to hear. And yeah, when you mentioned sports marketing in the U.S., it's crazy, right? It's unbelievable. I mean, what we see from India, the whole landscape, the I mean the sneakers the Indians we don't we don't <laughs> even understand a- any of what's going on the sports cards the sneakers like w- what's the deal with sports marketing and it's your- crazy yeah it's it's nuts like you said like it's really cool like right now and not to get way too technical because I have no idea what I'm talking about here but like the NFTs I'm sure you've been in clubhouse rooms right where they're talking about NFTs part of it yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like these it's basically like a digital trading card and they're selling for like millions of dollars. And it's like sports fans are ridiculously crazy people and you're stuck inside all day, I guess. So you're bored and you focus on sports and people get crazy. Like you've seen videos of people in green Bay, Wisconsin, where it's snowing all the time and they're at a game without a shirt on, or you see videos of people punching their TV and breaking their TV. Like I'm not that crazy of a sports fan, but sports get people crazy and mad. And I I think the coolest thing too, and I saw on Twitter the other day where LeBron, when he came into the league, it was like, yeah, he's the best athlete, the best NBA player. And it was really cool. And now he's at the end of his career and it's like, he's a business mogul. And he has his own media company. He's investing in companies. And it's totally transformed from just sports and just athletes, what they do on the field. to now with social media and clubhouse and venture investing and all off the field stuff. I think that's only going to continue that more or less creator economy. Yeah, LeBron does it. Yeah, Ronaldo does it. Messi does it. But like the normal everyday athlete, the sixth guy on the basketball team or the backup on the NFL team they're making enough money. They have enough power within their, on their phone to really change 
what they want to change. Do they want to invest in real estate? Do they want to invest in tech startups? Do they not want to invest at all and they don't care about it? Great. Do whatever you're really interested in and what's authentic to you. But now, I, again, like the creator economy, like I think that is only just continuing, which I'm very excited about. And obviously for market price, um, you know, it, it's very bullish on kind of what we're trying to do. And, and again, continue to help empower these athletes. Sure, sure. So, so tell us more about athlete marketing, like athlete marketing in terms of professional athletes and college athletes. Yeah. So college, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, right? So college athletes, I mean, there are, to give you context, there's 5,000 professional athletes in the big four sports here in the U S so that's NHL, NBA, NFL, and in soccer, there's 5,000 professional athletes. doesn't take into account retired and in other leagues, but 5,000, there's 500,000 college athletes across the country in the U S. So starting in July of this year, it's planned that student athletes in the state of Florida are going to be able to start closing marketing deals for the first time, which is incredibly exciting. And obviously for market price, that is a massive revenue stream for us of college athletes being able to come onto market price and start closing marketing deals. Now, it goes without being said, but there are a lot of things that we need to prep before then that we're already working on. So if there's a college athlete who can't promote, let's say a strip club, or a company that's a competitor of the university that they go to, or a company that, again, they're just not allowed to promote, we have tech to really protect them. We have videos and we have just account managers that are ready to educate them. But we're able to really help, again, empower athletes at starting at such a young age to start making money from athletes and, and from sports. So it's only going to continue again, like I said, um, the amount of people participating in this economy of athlete marketing is, is going to explode. And Everybody knows it too. And like, this is one of the coolest stories I think we have in the first couple months since launch, we raised a seed round of a little over a quarter million dollars a couple months ago. And we use that to, to hire the team and we have an absolute rockstar team. But when, as we were raising, I was pitching a lot of these universities. So as a recruiting advantage, right? So let's say University of Michigan, if they're a market price school and they purchase market price memberships for all their athletes, that's a recruiting advantage. Hey, come to Michigan and you have a hundred companies. And by the time we launch, it'll probably be thousands, but you have these companies at your fingertips and we're paying it for you. So as coaches, it's a recruiting advantage as a university, it's a recruiting advantage. So we were pitching Xavier university and one of the associate athletic directors who I was talking to, and it was one of our first pitches. And he's like, I love this. I want in. Mm -hmm. And he actually came on as an investor because he knows that this is the, the future. And every single athletic department I've been speaking to, it's a matter of when college athletes are going to be able to start benefiting from these, this, this legislation, not if anymore. And I mean, that's the coolest part. Like you said, podcasting in India, it's just taking off. That's really exciting. It's a wide open field. College athletes closing marketing deals is I can't even spread my arms that wide. Like that's how wide the field is going to be. And it's going to be so much fun to dive into. Interesting. So since they're going to start closing these deals, how important is personal branding for them? Oh man, it's, I mean, it's everything. And it puts more pressure on the athletes too, because you're kind of always on. And I don't know, did you see the, the Myers Leonard, the NBA player on the Miami Heat? I don't even like talking about it, honestly, but there's an NBA player and he was streaming on esports and he's playing video game. And when you're streaming, the camera's always on, right? 
and you're kind of in the heat of the moment, you're competing in a different way. And he made some really anti-Semitic Jewish remarks. And, and I'm Jewish. And even if you're not Jewish, you can't really watch that video and not cringe. And these athletes need to understand that they're always on when they tweet something, when they post on Instagram, when they're streaming, playing video games, they need to make sure they're always on. So I think the first thing when it comes to branding that's important is just the awareness that you're always on. And sure, there's a lot of pressure in that. And that's one of the, I don't want to say the downsides of it, but it's something to be aware of. Like it's, you're always on and there's the camera's always on you and it's, it, it can be negative in the Myers Leonard scenario, but it also can be extremely positive if you use that to your benefit. If you're discussing charities you're involved with, companies that you're involved with, using that audience that you've built up just from being an awesome athlete for good. And again, that's one thing at Market Price we will really want to do, not only help athletes and educate them on this, but also build a community. Like we, we've started to, and it's as simple as we have an Instagram DM group. We have a few groups going on right now of athletes that are on Market Price. And it's a very diverse set of athletes. It's NFL players, NBA players, track and field athletes, soccer players, lacrosse athletes. And it, it really ranges. And it's cool because these athletes probably would never have interacted before. And especially with branding, before you tweet something, before you post something on Instagram, before you say something in an interview, you kind of want to, and, and every human, it's a human nature, like, hey, does this sound okay? Does this make sense? I, I ask my wife about my business plans all the time. And she's great. You know, and she doesn't always totally know what I'm talking about, but she's there for me. And she's just kind of that wall to bounce things off of. Athletes need that. And athlete communities, um, especially college athletes, are going to need that. And again, that's what we want to build a market price. You know, we want to be the marketplace for athlete marketing. And again, it's obviously I'm biased. I'm the CEO, but it's been a really, really, really fun two and a half months. Um, and I'm excited to keep growing. Great. So do brands just look for i mean right now i mean i i'm assuming the equation has changed right earlier brands would look at you know quality i mean the talent of the athlete but right now i'm assuming that they're looking at their following and their social media engagement uh, as well right while wanting to you know you know probably sponsor or have deals with these athletes yeah, I, I think in the, there's no right answer for this, right? And just because every company is different. And yes, social media data, like it's getting even more and more advanced. And it's like not just social media followers, but how many impressions you're getting, how much engagement you're getting, what's your engagement rate? Like we have a company right now, they only want to work with athletes that have a 10% engagement rate or more, which is like bonkers, 10% engagement rate. Like influencers have like one to two, one to 3% engagement rate, mm -hmm. but athletes have crazy fans, which is a huge marketing advantage. So, and not only engagement, but like the breakdown of male versus female followers. Like I, we wrote this huge, um, this ultimate guide to sports marketing, which is a white paper on, on athlete marketing. There's this NFL guy, Eric Decker, and he's a retired NFL athlete. And he has like 3 million followers on Instagram and he's an NFL athlete. So you'd assume that all of his followers are guys who love football. He has like 90% of his followers or something ridiculous is females that are in their thirties because his wife is a famous country singer and all of his wife's fans think he's a really good looking guy. Mm -hmm. So they follow him to see pictures of him. But it's like, if you're a brand, you need to know who the athletes following is before engaging with them, especially mm -hmm. if you're really investing. But then at the same time, and what we've seen on market price, which is really cool because it's free to sign up as a company. So you could sign up and then literally 24 hours have athletes applying to work with you. And that's been the really fun part. But 
it's brands that some of them haven't done athlete marketing before. So they don't even know what to look for. So what they've been focusing on is that authenticity piece. So nothing to do with social media, but one of my favorite stories is this company called elephant in a box. And it's like a couch company that fits in a box. So it's literally a couch that fits in a box. It's, mm-hmm. it's awesome. And they phrase themselves as the strongest, most portable sofa. And they don't care how many followers you have really. They've been working with NFL and offensive linemen who are over 300 pounds. Cause they're like, Hey, if you guys can sit on it with your friends, mm-hmm. just take a picture and send it to us. And we'd love to show it off because if NFL athletes are sitting on it and they like it, then if you're not going to doubt a couch in a box and think it's going to break in two pieces, if there's 900 pounds of people sitting on it. Mm-hmm. So it's the authenticity also. And there's a million stories like that, that we could talk about, but you know, that that's been really cool to see as well as market price, like these authentic partnerships, which again, goes back to your branding point. If you're an athlete, you need to be smart about these partnerships. Do you want to work with a couch company that fits in a box? Mm-hmm. Yeah, most athletes would, but some athletes, I don't know. Let's say it's a, you know, a, I don't know, any company in any industry that you're not a big fan of, it's going to smell fishy when you post it on social media and fans are smart enough these days to understand, oh, well, you know, let's say you promote an alcohol company, but you don't even drink alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's like your fans are kind of going to give up on you then because it's like, oh, you're a sellout. It's. But then again, it's that opportunity to work with a really cool company and help your fans find cool new companies that you found as well, because you have such a big outlet. So there's really two sides to every story. Probably didn't answer your question, but Mm -hmm. that's the importance of communication, right? Mm -hmm. Talking to these brand partners and breaking down the barriers of of, of entry in this industry. And again, that's what we've been doing at Market Price. So it's been really fun to see. Interesting. So when you mentioned these brands, right? Like the elephant in, what is it? Elephant in a box? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. You're sold. Yeah, I could see you. You're like sitting on that chair and you're like, man, I wish I was on an elephant in a box. You <laughs> I'm go standing, website, in fact. I'm standing. <laughs> oh, you're standing? Oh, you're crazy. So you probably need a really comfy couch to sit on. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> so yeah, what type of brands usually look at, you know, working with athletes and also... I mean, of course, professional athletes is a completely different ball game, right? I mean, all brands would want to work with professional athletes. But when it comes to college athletes, what brands do you see wanting to work with, uh, you know, them? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm a little bit biased. I think any company that spends dollars on marketing can find a way to work with an athlete. And it just depends on what their product is and leaning into the why behind what they do. So again, for example, we just started working with this company, Viking Waffles, and it's like 20 grams of protein and it's like a healthy waffle. Mm -hmm. And if you go on their website, the first thought isn't professional athletes, but we've had athletes apply and it's like, Hey, I'm always on the move. And I would love a quick snack that I could just throw in the microwave Mm -hmm. and be able to eat that fills me up for the day. And like, that's something at least for a few hours as an athlete. So the why behind that company could be like, just easy. Like it's easy to use and it's healthy and it's healthy enough for an athlete to eat it. So it it really, and again, we work with also this dog tag company and that's something where if you see a dog tag, a random dog tag company, oh, what separates these guys? Well, if you see an athlete promoting it, you may not know who the athlete is, but let's say NFL or NBA or team USA Olympian, the modern day consumer is going to know what NFL or NBA or team USA is, even if you don't know all the athletes. And it instantly validates that product of like, oh, cool. Like I recognize that. And to a new company that's brand new, that's invaluable. Um, and again, like even one of my best friends is on market price and he's one of the best cooks in the, I, 
I mean, arguably, I think he's one of the best chefs ever. And he started his own company recently. And it's a catering food service based out of New York. And if you go to his website, you'll see pictures of delicious food that he's cooked. But you don't see any like, let's say reviews or as a, again, a modern consumer, you may not know who that is, who's Big Bob and what's this company all about. Yeah, sure. They have some Yelp reviews, but if he puts pictures of athletes eating his food on his website, again, it's going to make that warmer connection with the end consumer. And it's going to help him tremendously. Like, let's say he gives a free meal for a hundred dollars to an athlete. That athlete wins because it's amazing food, you know, and he wins probably Big Bob because He's getting an awesome testimonial that's helping him. Let's say he gets 100 website visitors. He's going to convert a lot more of those into sales with, mm -hmm. if, with an athlete on his website. So I think, again, it just depends on if your company lean into really why, like people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. So why do people buy your product? Mm -hmm. And does that relate to not just someone competing on the field, but the person off the field? And again, it's been a really cool part to see on MarketPrice. Mm -hmm. So the ROI, how do how are they gauging ROIs nowadays? So is it like a direct thing where you know you work with the athlete and then you expect an ROI ASAP, or do they have this huge six or probably one or two year plan where they're like, yeah, you know, we work with these athletes for this period of time and eventually over over time, you know, you keep accumulating customers like what are they what is going through their heads yeah i i think one of the coolest parts about athlete marketing is there's no one size fits all where there's best practices but it can range from and because think about it if you're a company you could spend let's say a thousand dollars on facebook ads or google ads and you could immediately see like a direct return on your investment mm -hmm. so you put in a thousand dollars you'll get three thousand dollars back why would you ever invest in anything else? I guess, right? If you're putting money in and you're taking more in um, than, than you're spending. And that's a lot of most brands spend the majority of their money on Facebook and Google because of that. But I always preach to brands, you should be able to utilize athletes in what you're currently doing marketing. And what I mean by that is, let's say you see an Instagram ad or a Facebook ad, and it's just like a cool, I don't know, a cool water bottle. But if you also see that ad and it's a professional athlete drinking from that cool water bottle, saying a testimonial about it, you're going to get more clicks and you're going to get more purchases if there's an athlete in that Facebook ad. Mm -hmm. So using athletes in digital advertising is just proven time and time again to deliver higher results. So if you're a company, you probably care a little bit less about an athlete posting on Instagram and leading to immediate sales than actually taking that content. But then at the same time, we actually had this awesome case study. We have this small coffee company that's based in Pennsylvania. And they usually get like 20 to 30 website visitors a day. So not too much, but they had one athlete, a professional lacrosse athlete. He loved their coffee. He loved the fact that they were a veteran owned company. And he just posted an Instagram story about it. And the brand emailed me and they're like, hey, yeah, we had over 500 visitors the same day that Bill posted about us mm -hmm. on his Instagram story. And I was like, that's, I don't even know the percentages, but at 20 to 500 is a massive percentage. So getting more website traffic is great, especially for, for that type of company. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, you mentioned like longer term deals. That's something that I'm always going to lean into. And again, I, I compare market price to a dating app a lot where Tinder and Hinge and what dating app, what's the biggest dating app in India? Not to totally put you on the spot. You're putting me on the spot, but yeah. I'll say Tinder and Bumble. Tinder and Bumble. Okay. That's where my questions will stop, Sid. I got you. Don't worry. But Tinder and Bumble, right? Like they don't advertise how many marriages they lead to. 
it's how many first matches they lead to. And then those matches turn into first dates to second dates to third dates to, to marriages. So the more first dates we can help brands and athletes go on, the better. Um, because that means there's going to be more successful marriages, right? So those longer term deals where you're not just post posting a product once, but again, it's like, let's say we started working with this probiotic company called Seed Health and they sent me some too, and it's been amazing. And that's something where if you take it once, you promote it once, the followers are going to be like, ah, they probably didn't like it. But if you're posting about it every month that you're taking it and it really helps you and you get more energy and it helps you, you know, work better, it helps you train better that's something that is authentic that people are going to listen to. So the more they're seeing products, again, like elephant in a box, you don't see an ad for a couch and be like, let me buy a couch. You need to see it multiple times before actually making that purchase. But the hardest part is every brand wants those dream brand ambassadors, but they always skip the zero to one part of like getting them the product, making sure they try it, making sure they love it. They just want those perfect ambassadors. And a lot of brands kind of missed that zero to one. And same with athletes. They're like, I want those big long-term contracts. And it's like, well, great. You need to try the product first. You need to make sure you like it. You need to do one post or two posts and start small and then build up into that long-term partnership. So that's really what we've been seeing at, at market price. Like it, it, you just need to lean into what you've already been doing marketing wise, I guess, to sum that all up and use athletes to increase the performance of just really what you're spending marketing dollars on. Okay. So when we talk about athletes, like right now, we're just saying, we're just saying the word athlete, but then, you know, when it comes to athletes, a lot of their brand also hinges upon the results, right. And how, and the performance uh, on the court. So how do how do brands navigate that where you know do they want to work with athletes when they're not performing as well and how how do athletes you know build their image in such a way that you know they also see brands as a sort of revenue stream even when they're not performing yeah that's a really good question so i think and you got to look at it positively too right like there's no individual or social media account. Like you're not going to wake up tomorrow and Facebook ads is going to score a, you know, three touchdowns in a game and increase in popularity a thousand fold, right? It's something where if you're a professional athlete and there's one example where it's one of my favorite athletes, Travis Fulgham, and he scored, um, he, he had like 5,000 followers, right? And it's something where he scored a touchdown in one of the games to help the Eagles win the game. And then the next three weeks, he just was the best player in the NFL. Seriously, he scored like three touchdowns a game. He went over 150 yards and he went from 5,000 followers to over 80,000 followers in a matter of like a month. Mm. And that's just absolutely tremendous. And guess who was following him? All fans of the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. And now he has like a 30% engagement rate because it's just crazy Eagles fans like myself who are now obsessed with Travis Fulgham. He just closed a deal on market price to be on a podcast to kind of tell his story of how he got there. Who do you think is going to listen to that podcast? A bunch of Eagles fans. Mm -hmm. So being able to really lean into athletes and kind of just like even cheer for them as they're doing well. But at the same time, as you mentioned, like, yes, absolutely. Athletes, a lot of their brand is going to depend on what they're doing on the field and if they're succeeding. But even if they're not, that's all the more important to kind of stick with them. As long as it's not something like, again, where they're getting in legal trouble or they're getting in trouble for, for things off the field, 
you need to be able to stick with them because companies, you're looking for loyal customers no matter what you sell. So if you're not loyal to the ambassadors that you're working with, then it's kind of all for naught and, mm-hmm. and customers are going to sniff that out. But I think that's one thing too, where again, if they're not succeeding, kind of why are they not succeeding? And then what are they doing off the field? And just being able to kind of do anything you can to help them. And obviously what's a company going to do to help an NFL player catch more touchdowns? Not much, mm-hmm. but being able to kind of stick with them and, and go through that and, and fight with the punches because brands are always going to want to work with the Travis Fulgums. They're mm-hmm. not always going to line up with the smaller guys, but you never know who the Travis Fulgum is going to be next. And it's kind of like taking bets. And again, the key to it is, is authenticity. Like let's say Travis Fulgum started taking a probiotic a month before he blew up. Mm-hmm. That would be a killer story for this company. Hey, look at what this athlete did after taking a product. So uh, yeah, I think, I think there's both ways about it and no one can predict the future. No one has a crystal ball. Mm-hmm. So it's just about finding, again, finding as many people who love your product and then just taking it from there. Sure. So have you had in your experience, have you seen athletes who, who've probably, who probably aren't, you know, the best of the best, but they're doing, they're probably earning as much as them because of the way they've carried themselves and their personal branding and the way they've been able to work with brands. Have you seen athletes in that way where let's say somebody like uh, a LeBron James, I'm just giving a name. Let's say, okay, okay, we see him all over social media, but let's say LeBron James is just LeBron James without social media, Mm -hmm. incredible basketball player. And then you see someone you know, level lower to him, but have you seen the people who are, you know, a little lower to him, but because of, uh, you know, the work they're doing with their personal brand and with the other brands, they've been able to earn as much as, uh, as some of the top, uh, some of the top, top athletes. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone earns as much as LeBron James, but I know exactly what you're saying, right. Of like, Mm -hmm. If even if they're not a high performer on the field or on the court, but they're still benefiting from social media and, and marketing. Um, the first example that comes to my mind, and I, when you say that, is this guy. Have you ever heard of Gardner Minshew no. on the Jacksonville Jaguars? He's an American football player, and he's a backup quarterback right now, or he's soon to be a backup quarterback. And he's just like this awesome guy's guy. And he played, he kind of had like a Travis Fulgham streak, like we just mm-hmm. talked about. Like he had a few really good weeks in a row of that he was playing for. But keep in mind, he's playing for the Jacksonville Jaguars, which is like out of 30 NFL teams, he's probably the 30th most popular NFL team. Like they just don't have too many fans. There's other teams in in Florida, Jacksonville's in Florida. And it's something where he was playing kind of pretty well for one of the least popular teams in the league. But off the field, he's just like awesome, for lack of a better term. Like he has a mullet. He has this sick mustache. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I would do anything to be able to grow a mustache, but my wife is not a fan of it. But mm-hmm. he has this, he just like leans into who he is. He wears jorts. He wears like the American flag and he's really funny. And he's done these crazy big deals with like Bud Light and Old Spice and other really cool companies where they've leaned into who he, he really is. And they've made awesome content together. And again, like he has a huge social media following. I don't know how many exactly, but it's probably around a million. And it's just because he's awesome and people really like engaging with his content. And this season, he's probably not going to play down, but it doesn't really matter at this point because he's, he's so engaging. And he was like a, I don't know, fifth or sixth round pick. Like he was a, such an underdog. Mm-hmm. And again, he played 
They put him in. He played pretty well, but that got him to get people to know about him. And then once people knew about him, he really blew up and, and took off from there. And he's going to be doing that for a while. Like he's just really, um, you know, a charismatic guy. With that being said, like it, it, it's tough to do that. Like not every athlete is going to be as personable, as charismatic, um, as just engaging as let's say a guy like Gardner Minshew. But putting yourself out of your comfort zone, doing things that make you feel a little bit uncomfortable at first, not growing a mullet and a mustache and putting on jorts, but you get my point, like being a little bit uncomfortable, that's where you're really going to grow. And if you're an athlete listening to this and you want to grow your social media followers or you want to get verified on Instagram and like do things that make you uncomfortable um, in a good way, like post more, post more stories, comment on other things, do things that you think would be engaging on, on social media. So activity is, is a really important thing. And Again, it's not all about just being on the field. And, you know, Gardner is just one example. There's a couple other ones that I, that come to mind. Um, one of my favorite athletes on market price, Bill O'Brien, he's a professional lacrosse player. And if you watch any of his videos, you can't not laugh just because he's a beast and he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's retired um, or he's, he's now like writing. And it, it's something where if you're a brand working with him, you know, you're going to get like a businessman. He majored in entrepreneurship. He's amazing at saying, Hey brand, what is your problem? What can I help you solve? What can I put together for you to utilize my Instagram, my YouTube, my TikTok?" And he really cared. You see the empathy he puts forth in these marketing deals because he knows great. If they see success working with him, they're going to continue working with him. Mm. And that's something that he wants to make sure it happens. And he's a lacrosse player and he doesn't have like hundreds of thousands of followers, but again, he puts in the effort, which brands are able to recognize. And, you know, he's made a lot of money off the field, which has been really, really cool to see. And again, he's been doing the same thing on market price. So again, it's just been awesome to like oversee and really help athletes like Bill and athletes that aren't like Bill yet get to where he is on the marketing side. Interesting. Interesting. So what do brands, why do they struggle to find the right athletes? Like, do they struggle to find athletes? Because you, you showed me one, you know, one case where athletes, you know, you struggle to find brands, right, for the athletes, but do brands also struggle to find athletes? Yeah, uh, well, not not with market price anymore. But mm-hmm. yeah, before market price, think about it, like, if you are a water bottle company, Sid, or let's say you're starting a clothing line, um, like, where do you start? How do you know which athletes who like clothes? Mm-hmm. Probably the superstar athletes, that promote their clothes all the time because they're in the news all the time, but they're not going to work with this small startup when they have, when they're getting paid six figures to promote this bigger clothes company. So how can you find those diamond and the rough athletes who not only want a clothes sponsor, but like your clothes enough to wear them where they want to do a deal now across all different sports. It's just a massive, massive task. You're going to DM every single professional athlete on Instagram and then hear back from what, like less than 1% of them. Mm-hmm. So if you're a company, again, let's go back to Facebook ads. Why would you go on a just crazy goose hunt for an athlete to potentially work with you when you could just invest $5,000, $10,000 a month in Facebook mm-hmm. ads and see that return immediately? So a lot of brands just didn't do it because they didn't have the time to do it and they didn't have the energy to do it. And they didn't have someone to totally take advantage of it and run with it. With market price, we had an athlete, that company I was telling you about, Seed Probiotics, I'm working with their influencer marketing manager, who's awesome. And she emailed me, she posted a campaign and she emailed me right after. She's like, I've gotten over 30 applications from athletes interested in working with me. And it hasn't even been 24 hours yet. I feel so popular, LOL. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, if you're a company, 
in five minutes, you can create a campaign on market price that goes out to our network of 450 plus athletes, which is growing on a daily basis. And these athletes are investing in themselves. They're paying for a membership to be there to find companies like yours. And if you post your clothes company, Sid, that I'm sure I would like, but not every athlete is going to love it. Mm-hmm. They see your campaign. They're not going to apply. They're not going to waste their time. Mm-hmm. But if you're an athlete who is one, paying for market price because they are interested in marketing deals, two, likes clothes, three, doesn't have a clothes sponsor, four, likes your stuff, they can apply to work with you in two clicks. Mm-hmm. And you've just found an interested athlete who cares about themselves, who wants to invest in themselves mm-hmm. to find your company. And it's just been really, really, really awesome to see. Because again, like that, that company, that coffee company in Pennsylvania, they worked with an athlete who's based in Atlanta right now. He's from LA originally. And he's the former, former army member. And he saw that they were veteran owned. And it's like, how the hell is that match going to happen without a company like Market Price, where they're able to find each other in two clicks? Mm-hmm. And now they're continually working together. So it's just been really cool to see that as well. And just really making the matchmaking process as seamless as possible. And again, making it just accessible, right? Tearing down the barriers of entry. That's really what we're trying to do. Perfect. Perfect. So yeah, in a sentence or two, tell the listeners what exactly market price does. Yes. So we empower professional athletes and sports agents to discover and connect with brands for marketing campaigns in, in three clicks. And we, we term ourselves as the marketplace for athlete marketing. Amazing. Amazing. Um, where can they find you? Where can athletes get in touch? Where can brands get in touch? Everything in, in on your website? Yeah, website's a great place to start. So marketprice.com. Market is spelled traditionally. Price is P-R-Y-C-E. We're a startup. We had to throw a Y in there, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But no, it's something where you can find us on our website, find us on social media at marketprice on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We just launched our own TikTok, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm on Clubhouse, like you found me, Sid. So if you want to find me on social media, it's just Jason Bergman. You can find me anywhere. Connect with me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Twitter. Uh, I would share my phone number, but I've been getting hammered with spam calls. Mm-hmm. So I won't do that. But email is just jason at marketprice.com. And yeah, even if you're interested in learning a little bit more about it, I know I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, are in India. We haven't expanded there yet. Mm-hmm. We're more so focused on expanding internally. What I mean by that is we have companies that can work with athletes across the country, mm. but, and I'm not sure if you're too familiar with this, like Gardner Minshew, the guy I told you about on the Jacksonville Jaguars, mm-hmm. a lot of his followers are in Florida because they're Jacksonville Jaguars fans. Mm-hmm. Why can't a local Florida company sign up and try to find local athletes that are based in, in Florida? Yeah. So we want to be able to add really intense filters. So especially with college athletes, there's local, local, really small businesses that can work with local superstars or local stars, or even just local athletes and find deals. So we want to expand internally first, and then we want to get to the global markets because I hear cricket is pretty popular in India, right? Sure. So getting in there would be very interesting. Mm, For sure. For sure. That's, um, it's one of the pain points. I mean, getting brand deals in India. So looking forward to having you here. Uh, Man, I, can I stay the night? Uh, I'd love to, I'd love to have a sleepover or something, right? (laughs) No, we'll bunk up. We'll game plan it together. I'm excited. <laughs> but no, thanks so much, Sid, for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Jason. Really appreciate it. Take care and good luck with Market Price. Thank you, man. I'm excited to stay in touch. Take care.